Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quick see Jurassic Ride announcement. It's been bananas out there. There's been trailer teases, teases of trailers, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, Ellen. We even got the first plot synopsis from Entertainment Weekly. I'll put a link in the show notes. Sketches, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt are making the rounds for the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom uh, trailer that's coming out this Thursday, December 7th, um, sometime during the football game. Um, I've got something special planned for y'all. So, um yeah, I just wanted to add this little announcement up front because there's tons of little things coming out. Um, again, if you just want to keep up with it, if you're interested, uh, always follow See uh, Jurassic Ride on social media. Follow me on social media at uh, SJRPod on Twitter, at See Jurassic Ride on Instagram, at Stephen Ray Morris and all the things. It's really heating up uh, for, for us, so uh, I'm just really excited. So anyway, uh, without further ado, here's the mini-sode. Hi, this is Daniel Stevens on Twitter. I'm at stuck on Sorna, and I want to say nice job on your podcast, enjoy listening to it, huge Jurassic Park fan, obviously a diehard Jurassic Park 3 fan, I've seen that movie more than any other movie in my entire life, at one point when I was younger, I watched it for like once a day for like two months straight, and I'm not exaggerating that, you know, once a day was, it's such a short movie, but it has all the Jurassic Park elements that I love. Sure, it's a little bit, you know, cheesy and not much of a plot. Occasionally terrible dialogue, but for some reason, 
I consider my favorite of Jurassic Park movies and definitely you know, superior to Jurassic World almost every single way. And I remember when I was 13, it came out in theaters. And at the time, I was with my family at Universal Studios. We went on the Jurassic Park ride for the first time. And the next day, we saw Jurassic Park 3 in theaters. And I remember I was heartbroken by it. I thought it was terrible, disappointed. I mean, it kind of, it was probably the first movie that really, like, let me down. That's before, you know, Indiana Jones 4. And Jurassic Park 3 was, like, getting stabbed in the heart. But for some reason, it was gotten older. You know, you rewatch it, you realize it has certain qualities that are pretty good. And especially since Jurassic World, you know, I realized that, you know, animatronics, even the, the jungle, the lighting, even some of the dialogue, I mean, I've come to appreciate it more. So thanks for doing your podcast. I appreciate it. And you know, got plenty of Jurassic Park 3 thoughts. You ever want to hear them? Uh, thank you very much. Carolyn. Welcome to See Jurassic Right, the mini-sode edition, coming hot off the heels of our Jurassic Park 3 episode. Um, thank you, Daniel, for um, sharing that voicemail and being part of the Alan Grant players in that episode. Um, I like your voicemail a lot because, and I think that's Jurassic Park 3 was a good example to sort of tackle... I don't, I mean, it's, you know, it's that thing where it's like, do you like stuff that you liked when you were a kid more as you get older? Is your appreciation for it because it's just the same and comfortable? Or do you almost kind of admire yourself for sort of admiring certain qualities in the things that you liked when you were younger? You know, there's a lot of stuff like that kind of floating around in the ether. And I think Dress Park 3 has just been a fun example to play with, at least for a lot of us, because we were, uh, you know, some listeners, I should say, I guess I'm only speaking for myself and for Daniel, because Daniel was about the same age that I was when um, Dress Park 3 came out, where you were starting to get a little bit older. You were starting to maybe have a critical eye or maybe just kind of see what others are saying and sort of kind of adjusting your reactions to what the crowd is saying or going against the crowd or stuff like that. And um, I tend to be somebody who, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I mean, a big part of doing this podcast is sort of appreciating, uh, you know, this specific, these specific movies, warts and all. Um, yeah. And, but also understanding where your mind's at when you were growing up. So I don't know, but I really liked your, uh, voicemail, Daniel, um, and would love to hear more of your dress park three thoughts. Um, but right now, right now, if everything is still happening the way it's supposed to, um, we have seen a tease for Jurassic world fallen kingdom. And that tease was essentially, if you haven't seen it, go watch it now. Come back. It's like five seconds. Um, it's Chris Pratt leaning down, petting a baby velociraptor. 
And there's been a lot of speculation, baby blue, because the Velociraptor looks like blue. It has a kind of a blue stripe. Um, and the uh, Velociraptor is older than the newborn in Jurassic Park. Um, somebody was pointing out on Twitter. It may have been Chris Pugh. Um, probably him. Uh <laughs> Uh, from Jurassic Outpost being that it's the same age as the raptors in the novel, um, the the juvenile in the dra- original Jurassic Park novel. Um, Chris Pratt is wearing uh, kind of like what looks like a blue outfit, um, like dark pants. And then he has like a almost like a falconry, um, falconry uh, like glove on or um, gauntlet. And then um, in the background, it looks like jungle. Or, um, again, as somebody was pointing out on Twitter, um, that it looks almost like a nursery background that's supposed to look like a jungle, which I thought was interesting. Because I know some people mentioned, oh, it looks like the mural in the uh, visitor center um, and stuff like that. And so some people are, again, because people are speculating that it's baby blue is like, oh, wow, is this our flashback? Is this the first flashback that we've ever had in Jurassic Park? Um, I feel like I'm team This Is Blue's Baby uh, versus This Is Baby Blue because, again, in, you know, if we're going off of Jurassic Park 3, Jurassic Park 3 had a dream sequence, um, but we haven't had any flashbacks yet in the franchise, and I just don't... I mean, I guess knowing what we know about Fallen Kingdom... Maybe I could say that if that this might be the film that has a flat might be the first film in the Jurassic franchise that could feature a flashback. But I I want to think based on Blue coming back and um, our characters going back to Isla Nublar, um, I'm going to hazard a guess and say that this is a offspring of Blue who gave a, <laughs> who got Blue pregnant. Um, I don't know. Um, and I was saying if everything goes according to plan, because last week, uh, there was a lot of hoopla about a, the possibility of a, of the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom being released, um, being released last week, uh, actually the day that I'm recording this, who knows, maybe it's happening right now and I'm going to addendum it or whatever. But, um, and today supposedly, uh, cause Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt are going to be on Ellen, um, but as far as if everything is going according to plan, they will today is possibly a tra- a bigger tra- Taylor trailer Taylor Swift uh, trailer tease, and then Thursday during football at night will be when the trailer drops for Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. So who knows? Um, I really like the clip. The main thing that I like about this clip more than anything else is that it's. When we talk about Jurassic Park, it's always about awe versus um, fear, you know, terror versus wonder. It's that um, duality of the Jurassic Park franchise that we're always grappling with. And and I think a lot of people want more awe and wonder. And I just love that that's what this is. It's not a scene of a Velociraptor attacking somebody. It's not even like, you know, when they released the first little tease of Jurassic World, it was, uh, you know, Chris Pratt being a douche to Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, Owen to um, to Claire it's a scene with a baby 
uh, Velociraptor and Chris Pratt being in awe of it, um, which I think is really rad. And I think that's such a different um, uh, a different way to open up the marketing for a film. Because, you know, because a lot of J.A. Bayona and a lot of people have been saying that this film is scarier than all the previous ones and stuff. But I just love that they open this film, that the first real good look, um, besides the photo... Um, with the little girl looking up at in the museum of the uh, of the fossils, I mean, if if anything, both those indications are, um, you know, awe and wonder. A child looking up at a, in a museum, looking at fossils, dinosaur bones, um, and then now Chris Pratt being like, "Oh, baby dino!" Like, I don't know. I think that's so interesting that they've chosen to focus more on that. Like, sure, we got to look at that. The like Jay Bayona with those like maybe like a mini Indominus Rex or something. Um, but that was like a behind the scenes pick. Like the two actual official first looks at uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom have been more about awe and wonder. Um, and I think that's rad. So we'll see what happens with the trailer. Um, yeah, I mean, and also I think, and again, a lot of people have mentioned, you know, our our baby raptor is going to be the new Porgs. Um, we'll see. I mean, we still have to see the Porgs. So um We'll we'll see how that goes, um, but again, uh, today it it probably well depending on when you're listening to this, it's probably already come out um, with Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt on Ellen, um, and then again, if everything is going to according to plan, uh, Chris uh, Chris Pratt Chris Pratt will be coming out on Thursday. No, the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom trailer will be arriving this Thursday. So when you're when you're if you're listening to this on. Um, Tuesday the 5th so that's really exciting um and yeah I mean we'll see you know I I think for myself the minisodes are going to be the space for um kind of news and stuff like that I mean it's been a little bit like that so far but I definitely think um as things ramp up will the space will be definitely used for more news um uh, but also there might be some special uh you know podcast drops um depending on how big the news is so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, but now let's read another email. This email is from Sean, and he says, Alan, Alan, I mean, hi, Stephen. I love your podcast. I've always loved Jurassic Park. And although JP3 is probably my least favorite, when it came out, I was still so pumped to see it. Anyhow, my little fun story about it, what is, was that my birthday is July um, 23rd, 1990. So I was just about 11 when it came out on July 16th, 2001. I was a little too young to go by myself to a PG-13 movie, and I never even really asked for my parents to take me to see it, but right around my birthday, about a week or so after it came out, my parents and I were watching TV when they brought out a VHS, RIP, and handed it to me. I had no idea what it was, and I looked at the side of it, and all it said was JP3. I wasn't sure what the hell that was, and then it hit me finally, and then I got real excited. Apparently, my friends had been in Japan or something like that, and had gotten some a crappy screener copy and brought it back. It may have been low quality and had Asian subtitles, but I still had a great time watching it. So that's my little fun story for you. Keep up the good work, my dude, Sean. Oh my God, that's amazing. Uh, that's pretty sweet. Um, I mean, bootleg VHS, that's dope. I mean, I, I remember, because I was in high school when all the bootleg, when bootleg DVDs were things, my friends would go to like Vietnam or uh, Thailand or something and get... Uh, bootleg dvds i remember the 
waiting for uh, Return of the King to come out on DVD, I used to watch a copy of it that was from Vietnam and it had like a laugh track or like a crowd track. So like when Sheila was like climbing, everyone was like, <gasps> you know, and stuff like that. And um, I don't know, I thought that was really funny. Um, thank you, Sean, for your email. And before I play another message, I just want to talk about that I've been playing Jurassic World. Uh, I've been playing the Jurassic World Lego game. Well, I was. Um, I've just taken a little break because of the hol- of the Thanksgiving holiday, but I was playing it. Um, I love the Lego the Lego games. I have the Star Wars one, uh, the original trilogy one. That was my first one on GameCube, and I have the Hobbit one on the 3DS and. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't get. Well, I know why I didn't get it when it first when Lego Jurassic World first came out. I wasn't really playing video games, so I didn't really get it. Um, but I was kind of like, you know what? I'm in the mood to play this. So, and obviously, it's way cheaper now that it's two years later, um, and it's really fun. Again, the Jurassic, uh, you know, the the Lego games are always super funny. I just think they have great writing, um, and they just have ways to like turn. Uh, the kind of expectations of what you know about the franchise on its head. And so it's been really interesting. So far, I've just played through the Jurassic World and the Jurassic Park segments. And it's so interesting how they just kind of gamify something like Jurassic Park. I think Jurassic World might be a little bit easier because it's a modern blockbuster. But like just the idea that, um, for example, when uh, they go see the sick Triceratops, it's all about like, Ellie Sattler, Dr. Ellie Sattler trying to find things to heal it and like searching for like the solution. And then it's like riding the Triceratops through and bringing it back into its cage. Um, Stuff like that, like little weird, interesting touches of of just making it a game and kind of I can't imagine the Lego uh, uh, creators, the Lego game creators kind of trying to think outside the box because um and I wonder too, and I think this might be a difference because I know, I feel like the 3DS version has less stuff to do than the console versions because there's definitely certain moments where I'm like, wait, why couldn't I play this part as part of the game? This seems like the the most game part. Um, you know, just certain things of like, uh, you know, just fighting like raptors or something like that or the kitchen where you're more of like, climbing around and stuff but it's still really fun and i'm looking forward to playing the lost world in jurassic park 3 segments so um let me know if you've played the lego um jurassic world jurassic park game and like what console you have because i'm curious to know if there's any like big differences because it feels like i'm gonna say just from screen grabs and some footage of the of the console versions it seems like it's a little bit more of a robust game whereas the 3ds version is a little more scaled back so um, let's play a voicemail. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Stephen. My name is Christine. I'm calling from Berkeley, and I am very, very nervous, uh, so bear with me. Um, but anyway, uh, this is my Jurassic Park story. Um, when I was growing up, I wasn't actually allowed to go to the movies. My dad thought it was a huge waste of money. So I only got to go about once a year when my mom would sort of secretly take my sister and I away to see Beauty and the Beast or The Lion King or whatever. Um, I liked Aladdin the best because Jasmine wore pants and didn't listen to her dad. Uh, go figure. Anyway, oddly enough, my dad did think it was worthwhile to spend money on a totally bananas early 90s home entertainment system that was complete with a laser disc player. We owned just a strange and small assortment of movies for it, which we watched over and over and over again throughout my childhood. And they were The Sound of Music, the original Star Wars trilogy, My Fair Lady, Terminator 2, and Jurassic Park. Um, I feel like maybe I'm missing one, but uh, maybe not. Um, anyway, among these, I still have incredibly soft feelings for Jurassic Park. Um, it just scared and excited me like no other movie I'd ever seen before at that time. Um, my dad used to play it so loud that the neighbors would complain. I had a surprise 10th birthday party, and we played it and wore silly glasses and... Uh, it was probably one of the few things that my family could come together on. I, I kind of think of it as this strange bridge out of childhood in some ways, because it has all these moments of childlike wonder and then these other moments of just true horror, and they're mixed all together. I still have repeating uh, nightmares of being chased by a T-Rex to this very day. <laughs> um, but despite the nightmares, I still love dinosaurs especially the Ankylosaurus, I don't know if I'm saying that right, <laughs> and consider them my happy place. Um, as an adult, I go to the theater several times a week if I can. I love tiny art house movie theaters and big old cinema plexes. I just love that you can go to this place to be alone together with strangers in the dark and have this experience that's both shared and unique. But with that said, I do have these strong feelings about watching Jurassic Park at home, you know, in the dark with my family. And I still remember the shag carpet and the weird old oak trees out the window. And, and I remember that there was no fighting or crying or crazy, scary family stuff, just dinosaurs. And uh, that's it. Anytime you like one of my pictures, it totally makes my day. Thank you for making this podcast. I think you're great. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Thank you, Christine, for your really touching email. That was really sweet. I loved hearing your journey and what it means to you. And yeah, I definitely can. I definitely, I feel like this podcast, a big part of uh, doing it has been, and maybe I've already said this once or twice, but just the idea of like kind of rediscovering my childhood through thinking about how I you know, when and where in Jurassic Park and how it kind of played into effect. But it's almost been this like 
way to triangulate what was going on with my family or things like that, you know, when parents were getting divorced and at what point and what stage and stuff. Um, no, your your voicemail is very touching. Um, yeah, I had a laser disc. My I had a laser disc. My laser disc player. No, um, my uh, I think my dad had bought the laser disc player before my uh, parents had split, but we had kept it at my mom's house. And I don't remember watching Jurassic Park on Laserdisc, but I do remember, I don't even know if I remember watching The Lost World on Laserdisc, but I remember at least going to like a Sam Goody or something and like renting, maybe not even Sam Goody, maybe Warehouse. Anyway, um, and uh, but I now I have Jurassic Park on Laserdisc uh, because my uh, friends Annie, who is a guest on uh, the Jurassic Park and Lost World episodes, and well, I guess she's been in all th- three now um she's had um obviously was a main guest in the lost world episode um her and uh our friend ingrid gave me the jurassic park on laser disc and it just i mean it just makes like a great you know it's like a vinyl record it's a great big thing um and i liked i like to think of i think that's probably why i like sauropods uh or duckbill dinosaurs as some of my favorite dinos as my happy place because or I guess that's how I think about dinosaurs. And although like uh, a predator like Carnotaurus is one of my favorite dinosaurs, dinosaurs, but when I think of a happy place, I, like how you're saying Ankylosaurus is for you, I think of like Shonosaurus or Parasaurolophus or something like that. Like, I don't know. I think that almost feels like it's different than my favorite dinosaur, but I don't know. This is the first time I'm thinking about it. So thank you for bringing that up, Christine. And um, and I guess one other thing is, yeah, I love the sacred space of a movie theater. I feel like it's the only time other than when I'm podcasting that I really kind of shut out the world and kind of actually just focus on something for a couple hours uninterrupted. Um, and I don't have the anxiety of not checking my phone because for work, I'm always on social media. So, um, I think there's something very special about movie theaters and, um, I hope that they always exist in um, this forum where you can go and just be quiet and kind of get sucked into a story. So um, thank you again, Christine, for your lovely message. That was very touching. And uh, yeah, thank you. All right. So now I wanted to talk about not only the Field Museum in Chicago, uh, site of Sioux, uh, the most famous Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton, uh, but also I went to Jurassic World the exhibition. And so I'm just going to say what the Jurassic World exhibition is in my own words. Uh, I probably sh- should have like looked up like a coming from this exciting animatronic comes an adventure 65 million years in the making or, you know, something like that. But um, Jurassic World, the exhibition, which is currently in uh, the Field Museum in Chicago, it's been in Pittsburgh um, and a lot of the uh, uh, Jurassic Outpost uh, guys have... Um, they went to it when it like launched in um, Pittsburgh, and you can listen. to They did a whole episode talking about that experience, which was kind of my only. And they kind of they didn't really spoil it too much, but they kind of gave me a taste of what it was going to be like, which was super exciting. Um, and because I was going, I didn't, and it was totally unplanned. I was just wanted to visit my sister who lives in Chicago. My sister Alexandra, uh, Alex. Uh, I was going to visit her in Chicago for Thanksgiving. And I was kind of looking at stuff to do, and I'd already been to the Field Museum. It's 
it, it, I think it is my favorite natural history museum. I mean, I think I will always have a soft spot for London and um, L.A. especially because those those are the two natural history museums I've spent the most time at. Um when I lived in London and uh, obviously in L.A., I've had a pass. I mean, I signed up for a two-year pass like a couple of months ago, so I'm in it for life. But the Field Museum is incredible. I just love the way that they um, – I just love the way that they, they kind of do an evolution of life. And dinosaurs are kind of the centerpiece of it. But I kind of like how they put it in the chain of chain o command and kind of give it a context, which I think is really cool. Uh, one other thing about it quickly, or two other things, um, they have these, uh, buttons you can press when you go up to each dinosaur and it's a little kid basically pronouncing the name of the dinosaur. It's a little precious. Um, but I think it's kind of funny actually at the same time where it's like, Pelosawolophus, Tyrannosaurus Wex. It's like very, it's a little, they lay it on a little thick, but I think it's very, uh, cute. And the other thing I really like about it is the Charles M. Knight uh, murals that they were commissioned in like the the early 20s to basically just kind of fill the halls. And so although uh, the whole museum is obviously updated and everything, you know, with current, you know, discoveries and stuff like that, uh, these old school kind of uh, murals that are like 10 feet wide are so gorgeous. And I would love to they had a book there. Um, but I had already kind of splurged a little bit at the Jurassic World expo- ex- exhibition. So I kind of didn't buy anything. I didn't buy this art book, but I really want it. Um, but also I would really just love like like prints that I could like decorate a wall with or something, like maybe future podcast studio or something like that. Um, right now we're in the Nerdist School space, by the way, which I've been recording a lot of stuff for See Jurassic, right? I guess I'll just mention that right now. Um, thank you to Trevor, um, who's... Uh, graciously allowed me to rent out this space um, so I could record lots of Sea Jurassic Ride stuff, including stuff on our Patreon. Um, But anyway, back to the Field Museum and Jurassic World, the exhibition. Jurassic World, the exhibition is, um, it's basically just an animatronic journey through Jurassic World. It reminds me a lot of Jurassic Park, the ride, because you kind of, there's awe and wonder and you're like, cool, Pachyrhinosaurus, uh, Brachiosaurus, Parasaurolophus, and you're kind of, it's like a mix of of um, kind of walking through the park, um, Jurassic World, but you also get a peek inside Dr. Wu's lab, and there's a lot of like interactive elements. Um, uh, Pachyrhinosaurus, uh, again, these are really impressive animatronics. They're huge, um, and they're really cool. Uh, so that was really cool to see all that stuff up close. Um, there's definitely some parts where I got a little emotional. I'm not going to lie, but when you pump that John Williams music, oh, it just gets to you. Um, and then things start to go off the rails a little bit, which is really exciting. And I, I, you know, I took a handful, I took photos and I took some video on my Insta stories and stuff. If you've been following me, um, at Stephen Ray Morris or at C Jurassic, right. Um, but I also kind of didn't want to like film and photograph and the whole thing. I kind of wanted to sit back and experience a little bit. Um, and to be honest, I, you know, I definitely would go again in a heartbeat, um, and maybe even take less photos and kind of just allow myself to kind of soak it in. Um, but that's how the, um, in general, uh, guys kind of also recommended the way of doing that. So I feel like I'm going to pass that advice along. So, um, I don't feel, I mean, I guess I spoiled a little bit, but, uh, it's, I mean, 
you know, I think I've given you enough of a taste that I think you'll want to check it out. Um, and yeah, it was really dope. And to cap it all off, um, so my sister and I went together and right when we got there, they were doing the photo, the green screen photo thing. And it's just really funny because, and I posted this on Instagram, but my sister and I, as kids, we went to Universal Studios and we still can't figure out if it was when we went to Universal Studios, uh, Florida in 94, um, when we went to Orlando, or if it was just right after Jurassic Park had come out in 93 at Universal Studios Hollywood, because we grew up in, um, my dad was living in Pasadena at the time, I believe, um, when my parents had just split. Uh, we can't really quite date it. Um, I'd, I need to find like the hard copy of it somewhere. But um, basically, it's like the T-Rex from Jurassic Park, and I'm, like, firing guns, and my sister's holding her hands up to her face, like, screaming in terror, but she's smiling, and so am I. Um, and so when we when we got to the Jurassic World exhibition, and they were like, oh, yeah, jump in for a photo, like, the, you know, the Indominus Rex is going to be, uh, you know, roaring down at you. And I was like, oh, my God, this is our chance to recreate this photo. Uh, so we did. And it was just really awesome. It was very special. Um, and I'm glad my sister and I got to do that because that was really just fun and and uh, feels very um, appropriate for this podcast. Again, this, you know, childhood till now and kind of how it speaks and stuff to each other and everything. And, yeah, it was just very nice. Um, and then I went to the uh, botanical gardens in Lincoln Park or the it's like the conservancy or the conservatory. Um, it's just basically like a dope ass uh, botanical gardens and they have the fern room and in the fern room were those like target dinosaur skeletons just every littered throughout it. So you were like, oh, cool, like gardens. And then you're like, oh, God, like it's a dinosaur. Um, and then there's also like a bunch of little dinosaur figurines and stuff scattered throughout. So that was really cool. Um, and it was nice to go to when the weather was cold. So, um, Chicago is a, is a dope ass city and the field museum is awesome. The Jurassic world exhibition highly recommend. Um, I mean, it's basically like a little mini Jurassic world, Jurassic park. Um, and I don't think they've said what city it's coming to next, but, um, fingers crossed it's, uh, somewhere that you're going to be or that I'm going to be, I'll be selfish. Um, and then the one last thing I wanted to mention about my trip to Chicago was that I was watching Aerial America, which is a very interesting but like bizarre where it's basically just aerial footage of a place with a narrator telling stories. But like it's sometimes incongruous because you're just seeing like beautiful footage of like houses or landscapes and then it's telling like these like historical stories. But because it's just aerial footage, it I don't know. It just doesn't always match up. But um, I think the one for Hawaii. So I watched the one uh, for Hawaii on the plane. And it's, it was cool because they closed the whole episode on um, talking about Jurassic Park and how these. Uh, it's funny. I don't even remember the name of the falls. But they're now called Jurassic Falls, um, which was the one used when in Jurassic Park when they were just going down to go on the landing pad when they first get there um, in Kauai. And then they also talked about how. Uh, because Hurricane Aniki happened when they were filming um, at Jurassic, when they were filming Jurassic at Jurassic Park, when they were filming in Jurassic, when they were filming Jurassic Park, uh, <laughs> um, that Steven Spielberg wanted to get footage of the hurricane, so him and a camera operator like climbed out and took footage of uh, the breakers with the water crashing, which 
as you know, that footage ended up in the movie. Um, and it's funny because I've actually, I don't, I didn't stay at the hotel that that they all famously stayed at. But uh, when I went to Kauai, I actually did see those breakers. Um, they're still there. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was like, I'm, I'm literally watching this random, I just flip open and the one random um, dock on the plane is Ariel America and it had some Jurassic Park stuff. So that was pretty cool. So hot off the heels of talking about the Field Museum and Natural History Museums in general, I wanted to read an email from Nick. And he says, uh, Hi, Stephen. I have about a thousand emails I want to send you, but based off the last mini-sode, it's apparent that I need to urgently give you Dino Museum recommendations. First, I live near Boston. If you're ever in the area, here are a few places you need to check out. The Museum of Science in Boston. And he says, The Dino section is petite but cool nonetheless. The Harvard Museum of Natural History, Halls of Cenozoic Mammals, Human Evolution, Vertebrate Paleontology, this place has everything. The Nash Dinosaur Tracks, or the Dinosaur Footprints Reservation, first ever dinosaur tracks recorded in uh, in recorded history. Um, the Beneski Museum of Natural History, this museum boasts a big collection of vertebrate and vertebrate paleontology, paleobotany, and so on and the Yale Peabody Museum. I only learned about this place because they put a massive Deinonychus uh, on a water tank near a Connecticut highway, see attached photo. Um, Yale's known for paleontology, so you can bet it's a killer killer museum. Now beyond New England, first is a field museum. Boom, I went, um, and it was amazing, Nick. It was fabulous, um, as you just heard. And then second is the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History in DC. And, oh, he says, if I'm lucky, I'll be there next month. Crosses a finger so hard they break off. The official fossil hall is closed until 2019. Oh, interesting. But they have an exhibit called The Last American Dinosaurs Open as a stand-in. So I did go to the Smithsonian as a kid, I assume, when I was – because I went to Washington, D.C. in third grade with my dad and my sister. But I really don't remember. Um but that's curious that they have like this, like, look, people are going to want to see dinosaurs. So we got to put together something real quick. Um, and then Nick says, I hope you get a chance to enjoy any of these places. Don't be afraid to ask for a museum, buddy. If you're in Boston, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, uh, keep rocking SJR. Uh, I'm proud to be a supporter now and I'm excited to see where this podcast takes you all the best, Nick. Um, and then like his little signature, see, now I'm sitting here by myself and, uh, talking to myself and that's, and that's chaos. And then he includes some pictures of the Yale Peabody Museum, uh, a new haven treasure and it's a feathered uh Deinonychus. um and then he's a, there's a photo of him at um looking at sue at uh the field museum so thank you nick that's really sweet of you that's super awesome again i think i'm again as every, i think half the minisodes now feature me talking about one natural history museum or another um i believe it was uh last month or the month before where I was talking about all my stuff in Australia and New Zealand and Toronto. No, last month was Toronto. And then I think the month before that was uh, Australia and New Zealand. Anyway, um, thank you, Nick, for those recommendations. I'll definitely let you know when I'm hitting up Boston because it sounds like there's so many in one place, which is super rad. Uh, Yeah, thank you again, Nick. And I just briefly wanted to thank um, Sarah, who sent me a really dope as fuck um it's like an led clear um clear nightlight light um i put it near my bed so i use it as a nightlight ish um and you can follow her on instagram at uh sazabez i'll put a, a link to her instagram in the notes but that was really sweet of you to send me that gift 
Um, I really like it. And yeah, it's just like a dope, clear LED dinosaur T-Rex that kind of like lights up and stuff. It's super cool. Um, so thank you. Um, and now I wanted to read an email from Madeline. So the subject line goes, girl goes to Jurassic Park, later eats lots of cheeseburgers. She says, hi, Stephen. First off, I have to say, I love See Jurassic Right so much. Thank you for creating it. And thank you for providing me with an unexpected amount of comfort knowing there are so many other fully grown adults out there who also love Jurassic Park and or dinos. Here's how Jurassic Park entered my world. Unlike many of your listeners who were just wee babes when JP came out, I was a fresh, freshly 13, I was freshly 13 years old. So prime age for a summer blockbuster and a prime age for crushing on teenage, teenage boys, um, teen girl squad. All right. Um, my best friend at the time invited uh, me to see it at the theater along with her cousin and her older brother and his friend. Presumably I had a crush on all of them. We had gotten to the theater pretty late, so we had no choice but to sit in the front row. I hate that so much. Um, I saw Shrek like that. I don't know why that's the only, I think that might be the only movie I saw like that. Um, as an aside, so many people hate the front row of movies, but I've never had a problem with it. I think it's because I associate with the mind-blowingly wonderful thrill ride I experienced seeing Jurassic Park for the first time from the front of a packed theater. Oh, I know. I, I can respect that. Um, anyhow, as you can probably infer, I absolutely loved it. I'm dying to talk about each scene in great detail, but good God knows how long this email would end up being. It's totally fine with me. Uh, the only downside to this experience was that as much as I loved the movie, it also terrified me. And being a hormonally charged 13-year-old in the company of older boys, I had to expend a lot of my energy playing it cool in efforts to impress them. Like in my head, they'd be thinking, wow, look how well Mandy is handling this Velociraptor kitchen scene. She's a stone-cold, tough-as-hell woman. I want to hold hands with her. When in actuality, I was just repressing tears and screams and just wanted my goddamn stuffed animals to hold, probably. Those boys likely didn't even register that I was there. Anyway, despite that minor struggle and awkward teenhood, I nonetheless developed an obsession with the film. A thing that always comes to mind when I think about the summer is how much of my allowance I spent on McDonald's eating those triple cheeseburger Jurassic Park combos just to collect the plastic cups that came with the meals. In a lovely twist of fate, I'm a Veggie-saurus now. Um, each cup depicted a different dino and their key scene in the film. My favorite was the Dilophosaurus Nedry one. I literally drank every beverage out of those collectible cl cups until they cracked or disintegrated. Uh, yeah, somebody was showing me. Or no, I think maybe you showed me on Instagram. I don't remember now. Somebody sent me a, a cup and it looked, uh, I know, disintegrated. Uh, I know what that means. Um, even Or like I know what that means in co the context of your email. Um, even after moving out of my folks home at 18, I still insisted on using those cups when I came to visit. I may or may not have thrown out a, thrown a bit of a tantrum in my mid-20s when I found out that my folks had thrown away a couple of the barely usable ones. I'm in my mid to late 30s now, but my JP love has always simmered within. I still reread the same decade-old copy of JP I got for Christmas the year the film came out. Full disclosure, I bawled my eyes out the first time I read the part where Hammond succumbs to the compies at the end. Oh, no. Um, my apartment and cubicle at work are littered with plastic dinos, like my friend Lucey. Um, I've got a Triceratops and a Stegosaurus tattoo, pick is attached, and now I have Sea Jurassic right filling a void I didn't even realize was there. Thank you so much. Looking forward to many, many more episodes of this podcast. Love, Maddie. Um, and she's Maddie Kircher on Instagram. Um, and her tattoos are fucking awesome. Shit. That's, these are so dope. Those are really, like, that's the kind of detail I'd want in my, um, I want in my, if I got a dinosaur tattoo, um, thank you so much, Maddie. This is a really touching email. Um, 
And yeah, I think I had those McDonald's cups as, um, I definitely know that they were around. I don't have any now. They certainly didn't survive. Um, even though I still have most of my Jurassic Park toys, um, I mean, they're not with me, but in my dad's attic and stuff. But um, thank you for really, um, really funny email. And it just really sets a scene. And that just makes me want to see like a like a like a 90s version of Stranger Things, but set, you know, at a 90s edit, like at the McDonald's and going to see Jurassic Park and stuff like that. I can totally see that um, world in your email. So that's really cool. Thanks, Maddie. Um yeah, and uh, everyone check out her. Uh, maybe I'll post the tattoos if I'll, I'll I'll message her and see if she'll let me post. But that but her tattoos are fucking awesome. So thank you, Maddie. So I wanted to close out this episode by mentioning two Patreon related things. Um, I was a guest on. Uh, well, I was a returning guest on the podcast Teen Creeps. It's a feral audio pod um, that has Kelly Nugent, um, who's been on my podcast, The Percast. And Lindsay K. Ty, and they both talk about YA fiction, V.C. Andrews, Christopher Pike, um, R.L. Stein. And so I was a guest on their pod um, to talk about Calling All Creeps, the Goosebumps um, book. I was going to say novel, but it's not a novel. Um, but I was a recent guest on a Patreon only uh, episode. Uh, where they did a sort of outside the genre. So I guess on their Patreon, if you like pay a certain amount or you can vote on like having um, them talk about books that are like outside the genre of uh, YA, because uh, uh, as you'll as you'll see in a second, Jurassic Park is certainly not YA, um, but that book was Jurassic Park this month. And so they kindly asked me to be a guest. And yeah, we basically just talked about Jurassic Park, uh, the book, and you know, very kind of loose conversational way. Kelly and Lindsay are super funny and bring up a lot of like, uh, you know, we 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 kind of break down Crichton a little bit, um, you know, uh, but we also have a lot of fun talking about our favorite scenes and moments and also differences between the book and the movie. Um, yeah, it's a very fun, casual conversation. So um, I'll put a link to their Patreon in the uh, notes. And then I also wanted to thank Chelsea and Nick. Um, I wanted to thank you both for becoming a patron um, this month. And uh, if you're listening and haven't um, become a Patreon subscriber yet, I do bonus mini-sodes. And I um, am now going to be doing monthly Q&As um, just about Jurassic Park or anything related. Um, if you have any questions, um, there's like fun ASMR video stuff if you just need some soothing Sounds of uh, dinosaurs being read. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's soothing, I guess, but I'm I'm a I'm an ASMR person. So, um, and yeah, uh, also see Jurassic right pin, um, and so and again, it's just really helped keep keeps the lights on here, keeps the fences operational. Um, I like you know I I spend a lot of time on the main episodes. They're really my heart and soul, blood, sweat, and tears, and. Um, you know, be, ha, um, if you support on Patreon, it really helps me, you know, folk, you know, just have more time to devote to them. And I really want them to be the best that they can possibly be. So, um, any donation is appreciated. So patreon.com slash see Jurassic, right. 
And that's been this episode. Um, who knows if I'm going to addendum this with Jurassic World uh, Fallen Kingdom trailer stuff or not. But either way, I feel like we will be talking about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom real soon. But also I wanted to say that December is going to be our holiday and memorabilia themed episode. So we're going to be talking about Christmas and uh, birthdays a little bit too as well. Mostly the holidays, but... Um, so if you have any sort of Jurassic Park toy stories or Christmas stories, things like that, um, your favorite Jurassic Park toys, your favorite Jurassic Park memorabilia, things that mean a lot to you, I'd love for you to call in and share them with me. So yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing that. And as always, thank you for listening. Also interact with me in the show by following me on Twitter at Stephen Ray Morris and following SJR Pod on Twitter, see Jurassic Ride on Instagram, see Jurassic Ride on Facebook, or you can send me an email at cjurassicright at gmail.com. Not only am I looking forward to talking to people about their Jurassic Park experiences and hearing yours, but I also am going to be sharing ephemera from my childhood and oh god, I'm gonna share the fan fiction uh, on there as well, and pictures and toys and everything. It's gonna be great. And I wanted to thank Caitlin Thompson and Tim Ruggery at ACAST, Molly McAleer, Heather Mason, Stephanie Cook, Sarah Iyer, and you. See Jurassic Right is an ACAST podcast. Check out the show on their mobile app. And thank you for listening. Until next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 